Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Cheryl Filman, and welcome to What Women Must Know. Thank you for joining me. Every week, we have fantastic conversations to really support you, to empower you, to educate you, so you can make the most informed decisions possible regarding your health and well-being. And that really is the purpose of the show, is to get you informed so you make the decisions that are best for you. No one knows what you need better than you, but you've got to get educated, and that is my definition of empowerment. So we make the choices that support us, our family, our community. And if you're listening for the very first time, I invite you to go to my Facebook page, which is What Women Must Know, and I put all my archive podcasts there so you can listen there. You won't have to miss any of them. And I actually have a second podcast on Progressive Radio Network called The Love Code, which is a spiritual program. I interview spiritual teachers, spiritual seekers, and healers. And uh, it's, a, it's a great show to keep you inspired and connected to your heart. So you can listen every Saturday at 11 a.m. on Progressive Radio Network, all, or just go to my Facebook page, like me there. The other option is to go to my website, which is drcherylselman.com, and uh, opt in to my website, and then I get to send those podcasts, those archive shows out to you on a regular basis, along with all sorts of other interesting things that I come across. So I hope you'll be joining me and will become a part of my community. So let's talk about this great conversation I have in store for you today. And my guest is Anne-Louise Gittleman, and we're going to be exploring radical longevity, which is a subject that I love to talk about. And um, it's also the title of Anne-Louise Gittleman's latest book, which is called Radical Longevity, uh, The Powerful Plan to Sharpen Your Brain, Strengthen Your Body, and Reverse the Symptoms of Aging. And who doesn't want that? So let me just share a little bit about Anne-Louise. She is a trend-setting pioneer in the health and healing arena. She holds uh, MS in Nutrition Education from Columbia University, the title of Certified Nutrition Specialist from the American College of Nutrition, and a Ph.D. in Holistic Nutrition. The award-winning author of more than 35 books, including several New York Times bestsellers, Anne-Louise has also served as the Chief Nutritionist of the Pediatric Clinic at Bellevue Hospital and is the former Director of Nutrition at the Pritikin Longevity Center in Santa Monica, California. She is a highly respected as an international leader in diet, nutrition, and the environment. And it is such a pleasure to welcome Anne-Louise Gittleman to the show today. So hello and welcome, Anne-Louise. Hello, hello, Dr. Selman. It's so good to be with you, my friend. You know, I was thinking it's been a while. You've been on the show several times, but we haven't had you on for a while now. And then it got me thinking, Anne-Louise, and uh, it, it took me way back in time because when I was still living in Australia, because I'm back here now, but, you know, like 25 years ago, I was living in Australia, and I started writing about women's health, and I got hold of your book somehow, in a bookstore, and I went, oh, my God, this it was on perimenopause and way back then. And, it, it, you know, I was so inspired. It became such a reference book for me and helped me in my learning and healing. And that was, that was so long ago, Anne-Louise, and here we are still at it. Here, here we are. I think you're referring to before the change, and now we're far beyond the change, Cheryl. So, yes, 
Yes. But that's what <laughs> we have moved along. <laughs> we have, we've moved along on the spectrum. But thank God, but thank God because growing older is a real privilege. Don't you agree? You know, I absolutely do. And, you know, the, the, the message around growing older, uh, first, first of all, um, you can be old and very young, right? <laughs> you can be feeling sick and achy and low energy, and you can be in your 30s and 40s. So I tell people you yeah. can be very old and very young because it's not about a number. It's about how your body is functioning. And if we know how to tend the garden, so to speak, as a metaphor, if we know how to nurture our body, mind, and spirit, we can thrive. We can. I am. I feel younger now that I'm in my elder years. I never give a number. <laughs> my elder years than I did when I was in my 30s. I feel healthier, more vital, and I have no aches and pains and issues at all. And that isn't by chance, right? We've had to cultivate our health over the years. We have to walk the talk, basically. No, we do have to walk the talk. We've basically embraced a new a new period of life called elderhood. You know, I wrote about perimenopause, menopause, and beyond, but now we're approaching elderhood. And rather than aging, I'd like to say that we should be saging. How do you like that definition? Oh, I love it because I, I don't like using words that talk about getting older. I, I, I say we're getting younger and healthier every year. You know, that's kind of my pat phrase about all this. And I'm very careful in my languaging of what I say because one of the things that's really powerful in my understanding is our words create our physical reality. And, um, you know, I, I have people look at the commercials on television. So, you know, they're commercials for um, for senior diapers and for, you know, medicine for our eyes and for our gut and for our joints and everything that they're telling us is going wrong. And those actually are means that are programming us to believe that that is the inevitability. So I do my best to, you know, to have the gatekeeper in my thoughts of what I say and what I expose myself to. No, I totally agree with you. And luckily we have so much that we can expose ourselves to in this day and age to stay young and vital and healthy and grow older without really aging. So I think it's important to know what's going right in our bodies, not what's going wrong. Yeah, you know, how we think and how we believe and how we language is all part of creating our bodies. So you have put your heart and soul into this latest book. It's a fantastic book, Anne-Louise, and I want to congratulate you because you always do such fantastic research and you lay it out in a way that makes it so easy for people to understand and you give them the strategies. So this is a passion of yours. You know, as we said, through all stages of life, you have been there guiding us and giving us the leading edge research. And now we're at the radical longevity stage of life. So, you know, share with us some of the things that you have either found in your research or what or what has reinforced what you've been teaching us all along. Well, when I look at people that live to a very long and fruitful life, I find that there are many different qualities and and traits that they exemplify, Cheryl. Number one, they live life with passion, pride, and purpose. So I love that, the three Ps, passion, pride, and purpose. 
Many of them have very meaningful work that they're still engaged with. That's number one. Number two, they maintain social connections, which I think is very, very important. Number three, they exercise. They have some kind of movement daily, even if that means going up and down their stairs 65 times in their apartment in New York City. And then last but not least, many of them engage in restricted eating or intermittent fasting. So those four qualities are kind of interspersed within my book because I think it's so important that people understand that social connection, movement, pride, purpose, and passion in their work, as well as looking at eating in terms of restricted time eating, as well as lessening calories during certain times of the week, certain times of the day, I think are very important in terms of longevity. So you have to understand my original teacher, who was my mentor, started teaching me at the age of 84. When I walked into her office in Albuquerque, New Mexico, I was, I was, I think, somewhere in my mid-20s. She was 84 years young, and I remember thinking, if she can do this at 84, what am I going to be doing when I'm 40? She died at the age of 106 with all of her qualities totally intact. So I learned many lessons that I'm interspersing in the book based upon her life. That was Dr. Hazel Parcells. So we can all live a long, fruitful life. It's just a matter of changing our attitudes and making sure that we're in contact with those people that we love and nurture us on a daily basis, whether that's a virtual community or our own families. What an inspiration to have that that teacher and the expression of her vitality in your life so early. I mean, we need those role models, don't we, to know what's possible. Because if we don't, if we don't choose how we want to live and how we want to perceive reality, we are programmed by our culture. Very programmed. And this is a woman that almost died at the age of 40. She had incurable tuberculosis and somehow went through a transformation. There was nothing about health and healing way back when. I mean, she died in 2000. In, no, she died actually in 1996. And I can't believe she's been dead all this time. But the reality is that she changed her life, changed her lifestyle, and started looking at the science of foods when nobody was talking about it. There was a virtual wilderness of people talking about the healthy eating practices that we put into play today. She was a big believer in the right kinds of fats, a big believer in animal foods, did not believe in veganism or vegetarianism, and she purified food using the Clorox bath, which I have spoken about and written about many times. So the living energy of food was very important to her. She also was a big believer in getting to the underlying causes of some of the toxic assaults that affect us on a daily basis. So I learned about radiation, parasites, mold, and fungus, as well as heavy metals. And detoxification in those arenas was absolutely key to restoring your body to health. So lessening the toxic load as we get older is first and foremost a very important rule that I've defined in my new book. It's diminishing the toxic load, taking on the toxins, making sure that whatever you're eating is not full of poisons, pesticides, glyphosates, herbicides, pesticides, etc., and making sure that you do detoxification daily with something that actually helps your liver, the most important detoxification organ in our systems. So, you know, that may sound like such an overwhelming task for people, especially people 
haven't been taking care of themselves or going through a chronic illness or having arthritis and they're aching in their joints and it's limiting their ability to move. What what are some of the baby steps that you think would help people to, you know, move in a direction to address the issues that you have just defined as so critical um, and uh and, and and why why should they do that what's the what the what is going on that they may not be aware of that's generating the problems that they call aging but are really symptoms of poor health there's symptoms of poor health there's symptoms of massive toxicity and massive deficiencies so to get rid of the toxins, she developed a system, which I have incorporated in Radical Longevity, of detoxification baths. And one of the most important ones was the apple cider vinegar and water bath. So you don't have to go to a fancy spa. You don't have to travel abroad to do any of these things, but in the privacy of your own home. If you use two two cups, she promoted two cups, which is 16 ounces of apple cider vinegar and a tub full of water. You soak in it for about 20 to 30 minutes. It'll revitalize your aches and pains and give you some absorbable potassium, which is very deficient as the top detoxification mineral. So that is an easy, easy one to do for those of us with aching joints, aching muscles, and, and swollen uh, and, and swollen cells, so to speak, on a cellular level that aren't detoxifying properly because they're lacking usable potassium. So that would be number one. Well, let, me, let, let, me, let me just jump in. Let me just jump in. Two questions. Does it matter what kind of apple cider vinegar people use? No. It needs to be the real, it needs to be as long as it's apple cider vinegar. It shouldn't be white vinegar. It shouldn't be wine vinegar. It shouldn't be grape vinegar. It shouldn't be rice vinegar. It should, should be apple cider vinegar. No. If you're taking it internally, that's different. But for the skin and for the use that she promoted, just as long as it's an apple cider vinegar, it doesn't have to be the real McCoy, as long as it's a, it's a proper apple cider vinegar. Okay, great. And the other question is, if you don't have a bath, you just have a shower. Can you do something like a foot bath, or what other what what options? A are foot there bath would be perfect. It works. Yeah, a foot bath works perfectly well. Anything that's coming through the feet will be very good systemically. So instead of two cups of, of apple cider vinegar in a tub full of water, you would just do half a cup. Oh, good. Okay, because I know that so many people don't have baths anymore. You know, especially the older you get, um, you just prefer hours and um that's you know it's important to know that you've got those options and it'll still work however you do that well the, and that's very easy and very relaxing and that's also important if you need energy because potassium is so important for the thyroid it's actually a missing mineral in our in our uh, eating regimens in today's day and time because it's deficient in the soils deficient in the fruits and vegetables we may not be consuming enough but it's very good to use in the bath as a topical adjunct the other very important bath that she promoted that i still use 50 years later cheryl because it's been at least 50 years since i studied with her is the salt and soda bath 
and we use that for radiation. So if you're traveling long distance from Tulsa, Oklahoma to the Queensland, Australia, as one of my dear friends has recently done, you would hop into a salt and soda bath upon arrival. You're exposed to a great deal of radiation when you're in the sky, all the EMS from the cell phones, et cetera, and the Wi-Fi in the airplane itself. And it's very detoxifying for the cells because it lessens the acidity of the cellular pH. So that is another one to do when you think you're coming down with a flu, if it's raining or snowing out, and if you just had a series of x-rays or CAT scans. You would get into a bath of two cups of baking soda and two cups of sea salt. Stay in that bath as hot as you can stand it for at least 20 minutes. Get out, go to sleep, take a little nap, and do not wash it off until four hours have passed. That was a be-all and end-all that she promoted to get rid of the residue radiation that we're so permeated with day in and day out. That, to me, is one of the best tips we could ever give people because it's so simple, simple to do, right? And and, uh, and I guess you can do it as a foot bath if you don't have access to a bathtub. Uh, but, you know, radiation permeates our our world these days, whether you're getting, you know, well, anyone who has a cell phone or I mean, can't escape because cell phones are everywhere and, of course, they're, we're, we're ramping up with 5G and everyone's got their routers and, it, you know, it's radiation has permeated our reality and uh, we need those strategies. That, to me, is so profound. And so important. And more important than people realize, because uh, exposure to radiation is, um, you know, it's it's subtle. You don't know it. You don't feel it. You can't see it. But it's very impactful on our health and well-being and our aging. Very much so. It is an exceedingly aging aspect. Now, Dr. Parcells worked with the gentlemen at Los Alamos when they were were experimenting with the bomb back in 1945. And so this was the the regimen, the, the recipe, the formula, so to speak, that she gave to everybody that was working on that detonation in New Mexico. So that has kind of come down to us through her. And she was also a believer in the use of cream of tartar to be used internally as a blood cleanser if you were exposed to a great deal of radiation, maybe a quarter teaspoon because of the high potassium content. So all of these tried-and-true recipes are basically pennies a day. Anybody can do them in the privacy of their own home, and that will assure radical longevity. Now, may I tell you her third bath, which is probably the strangest of all. Yeah, please do. <laughs> you bet. So it's a, it's a bath that we did not put in the book, so I'm going to tell this especially to, the, to your listeners on the podcast. It, it's the Clorox bath. It was recommended for bacterial issues on the skin if you had a situation with eczema that you couldn't resolve. If you were exposed to a great deal of aluminum, cadmium, lead, or mercury, or doing a detoxification, getting your mercury fillings out, she believed that a cup of Clorox, the Clorox that you get at the grocery store, to a full bathtub of water could help eliminate the residue heavy metals that were residing in your tissues. And we had seen near miracles happening with people that had all kinds of skin issues. So again, you have a tub full of water, a cup of Clorox, stay in the water for about 20 minutes, don't rinse off, but after four hours have passed, you can put a little maybe olive oil or coconut oil on the skin if it's a little dried. 
but this was a very big one that she also used as a detoxification for foods. And again, I didn't put it in the book because I've written about it in so many of my other books, but you would take different foods, uh, separate them in different food groups, the, the uh, vegetables, the fruits, the uh, flesh foods, the fish foods, any kind of seafood, any kind of uh, eggs and so forth, and put them in a separate bath of Clorox with a half a teaspoon of Clorox to a gallon of water. And this was the way that we removed parasites, fungus mold, heavy metals, as well as uh, pesticides, herbicides, and uh, fungicides. So the, these are such easy wow. things to do. And you talk about, so detoxification, is, it's, not, it's not something that has to be done seasonally. It's something that should be done every day with the foods that you're eating and the exposure that you're getting with some of the environmental assaults. And they're easy to do. She, she said on many occasions that her long life of 106 with all of her senses intact was due to following natural laws of detoxification. So there you have it. Those are some secrets to longevity that anybody can adapt to their own particular lifestyle right now in 2021. Well, thanks for sharing that. I just wanted to ask you, how often should people do one of those baths? I do a salt and soda bath every time it rains or snows because you're bringing down a lot of radiation. You know, we're still getting radiation residue and fallout from Fukushima. It's all around the world. And there's still many nuclear plants that are in different cities of our of our entire country and the world, as a matter of fact. So I do it at least once a week. I do a Clorox bath once every two weeks and a, and a vinegar bath maybe twice a week. So I'm constantly bathing in some sort of magical potion. And I'll tell you something, my skin has never looked as good. I'm 72 years young. And I really attribute the energy that I have to the bathing that I do, the therapeutic bathing that I learned so many years ago. Well, it would make sense that uh, you are experiencing the benefits of that protocol because it's um, so profound. And, uh, you know, detoxification can be such a challenge for people, right? We think about taking special supplements and we think about special foods and dieting and fasting. and It can be overwhelming. And I love what you're offering because it is providing an inexpensive, simple, yet proven strategy that we can all implement. And like we were saying, if you don't have a bath, do a foot bath, right? So you can get it one way or the other. One way or the other. And the thing about it is that we have all these modern-day assaults that you have to be cognizant of, whether it's the chemtrails that are in the skies, whether it's the radiation that you're breathing, whether it's the exposure to EMS from the cell phones and the cell phone towers, whether it's the glyphosates in the soil, you have to have methods of detoxifying at the point of entrance. And you can't wait till all of these things accumulate. You have to be very cognizant on a daily basis. Now, one of the important drinks that she was so fond of was dandelion root tea. So that's one of the very important herbal teas that I'm very fond of personally because it does not bioaccumulate fluoride like the white teas, the green teas, and the black teas do. It's not a bioaccumulator of heavy metals or chemicals but rather it's a detoxifier high in the detox mineral potassium, which is so good for the liver. So it's all about detoxification. It's all about targeting the liver as your major detoxification organ. And anything you can do to rest the liver, detoxify it, and nourish it is really what's important for longevity. 
Okay, I have a question about the dandelion. So they have this product that's a dandelion coffee out there. Does that work as well as just taking a dandelion herbal or, or ha- however it comes as a, as a tea or coffee? Yeah, it's often a coffee. They call it a coffee. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So the dandelion root teas, the dandelion root coffees, absolutely can be in combination with some some other herbs as long as you have dandelion. Very, very gentle for the liver. It acts as a diuretic. Very good for cellulite and very good for detoxification in the springtime, which is the season for liver and detox and as well mm-hmm. as the gallbladder. So it's my favorite tea of choice. Everybody talks about green tea, but that's not my favorite. It actually is dandelion root tea. I find that there's a lot of hypothyroidism in this day and time, and I can't help but thinking it's because of all the tea that people are drinking. All these healthy teas that may be high in antioxidants that are touted till the cows come home are also bioaccumulators of fluoride. And we're finding when we do special testing with the oligo scan or urine testing that people are stockpiling fluoride more than ever, and they've never had fluoride toothpaste or fluoride treatments, and they're not drinking fluoridated water. So I'm thinking it's from all the teas that are natural bioaccumulators, regardless of how they're grown. So I think that's a really important aspect there. So go to the lowly dandy. Dandelion tea will make your liver happy and make you live longer. Is that true for dandelion greens as well? Yes. <laughs> so we love the dandelion because greens. I like the. They're my favorite. Yeah, I like no, it's much better spinach. And, I mean, we're, we're, you know, heading into springtime, so these are becoming available for people. You can you can purchase them in grocery stores, dandelion greens. I love the dandelion greens, and I love arugula. Bitter is better. Bitter is, is, the, is your best friend when it comes to the liver and detoxification and living till 120. So I was also going to ask you if you, like, the broccoli, the cruciferous vegetables to support the liver, and broccoli seed extract, and broccoli seed sprouts. I'm loving them. They're a source of sulforaphane, which is the most important phase two liver detoxifier under the sun. So anything that's got activated sulforaphane is something that's very important in your quest for longevity. Love the broccoli seed extracts. Love the sulforaphane-rich broccoli sprouts. I love broccoli itself. I love cauliflower. There are many people that love to have these things steamed. I actually eat the broccoli root itself, the broccoli stalk. So all of that would be very important for me. But sometimes you can't get enough of a good thing, so taking this in a supplement form would be very advantageous. I have been recommending broccoli seed extract um, for liver support and to help metabolize estrogen properly um, in, in, in the liver. So you don't um, actually turn estrogen into a more dangerous metabolite and, um, yeah, supports the t- detoxification process of, of the estrogens as well as other yes. things. Yes, yes, yes. And so many of us have defective estrogen metabolizing genes. So I'm very much in favor of that. And the broccoli seed extracts are also good for the skin. I write about them in my book, Radical Longevity, as a matter of fact, in the skin chapter, and we find it's a natural antioxidant that can be used instead of sunscreen topically. So this sulforaphane-rich broccoli seeds are really the best-kept secret that I know of, excellent for women's health and protection against any kind of cancer. 
Right. Oh, I'm so glad that you like them too because that's what I've been learning and um, recommending and utilizing and also to help with um, insulin resistance and diabetes. I think that's where the studies have been done. A lot of studies have been done in that area with broccoli seed extract as well. Unbelievable. And people don't realize that the, the nutrient-rich broccoli, they're specific, specifically crafted Seeds that are very, very rich in the sulforaphane have been activated to turn to sulforaphane in your body, and it's again a very important uh, phytochemical that is very deficient in the diet. And with all the xenoestrogens that are out there, having this this very important adjunct, I think, is crucial to our anti-aging quest. Yeah, that's great. You know, we also talk about which I think is a big piece of the radical longevity process, and that's understanding the importance of building muscle mass and the role of uh, what happens when we uh, lose muscle and uh, and the importance of doing the strategies to help main, build and maintain muscle mass in, through our 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond. Well, you start losing muscle mass every year after the age of 40. I think it's 1% of muscle mass per year. So the concept here is that you need really available, bioavailable, absorbable protein. And so I'm not in favor of lessening your protein intake as you get older. I think you need to increase it. People are not digesting mm -hmm. properly because of lack of HCL. They're not exercising the way they should. You need that lean muscle mass. That's where straight amino acids come into play. So I'm a big believer, Cheryl, unlike many of my cohorts, that you need at least 100 grams of protein per day as we grow past the age of 50 to 60 and 70. And that's exceedingly important to get particular amino acids like the leucine, the isoleucine, and the valine important for muscle mass. And that's where a whey protein shake can come into play several times. That's where the importance of, of eating small meals comes into play and taking a digestive enzyme to break down the protein into building amino acids so that you can get the lean muscle mass. Exceedingly important because without the proper muscle mass, you don't have the mobility and you don't have the strength, and you'll start losing your independence as you age. That's where falls come into play and people getting all kinds of fractures. So I take 100 grams of protein per day. Well, I'm so glad you're saying that. And, and in addition, without muscle mass, you, you, you can't generate energy because our mitochondria, little batteries that generate energy, are concentrated with muscle as well. Um, I, I've been doing that. And in addition to that, you know, a year ago, I actually fractured my arm. I fell. Who knew? And I fractured it in three places, and it required surgery, and I had to have a titanium plate put in, you know, I think an 11-inch titanium plate. So I was out of commission with any weight training for, you know, four or five months. And, boy, in that amount of time, you can really lose a lot of muscle mass. Because I've been working yes. on building up my my muscle mass, right? especially my arms. And, uh, God, it all went. So uh, for the last six months, I've gotten back into a regular gym routine and uh, focusing on building muscle mass again. And I, I agree the protein is essential, so I take protein when I, you know, after I work. I take protein in form of uh, complete amino acids and other forms several times a day. And um, 
It's been it's been fantastic, Anne Louise, because I can really see building that muscle mass. I mean, when you're in your 70s and you can start building muscle mass and not lose it and not get saggy and they call, you know, the skin under the arm in Australia like bat wings. No, we don't yes. want that. <laughs> we don't no, need we to don't. have that, but you have to put the work in. You have to put the work in. You have to put the work in, but I've been finding that taking an amino acid supplement can really take some of the work out of the, your routine, so to speak. And so taking additional amino acids has been a godsend for me and my clients. I take five in the morning, five at night, and I don't have to work quite as hard because right now I'm very busy promoting the book. It's, it's been magical. I think if there's anything where I've seen instantaneous results, it's the use of these amino acids. It's the eight essential amino acids that you can get in health food stores and online. So I don't disagree with you one iota. I think having strong muscles where the, where the muscles don't bag, sag, or drag, and your skin doesn't bag, sag, or drag is a really important aspect of looking good as you get older. Yes, I've been inspired by this woman who is in her 80s now. I think she started working out in her 50s, and she just has continued to just take this on and um, she be, she's become a body, an award-winning champion bodybuilder, and she just has the most amazing body, and she's 80 years old. So these are my role models, right? Because that's part of the mindset that you can get healthier yes. and younger as you get older, right? And I, 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 I just stronger. I just and stronger. And since we're talking about amino acids, what I've also been learning is that these are building blocks for everything, right? They're building blocks for our hormones. They're building blocks for our enzymes. They're building blocks for our neurotransmitters. So getting the building blocks of, from the protein, the amino acids, is critical to maintain the functioning of so much in our body. It's it's critical and it's not it's not emphasized the way it needs to be in nutritional circles anymore. And as you get older, you lose the ability to digest foods and protein, particularly because we tamp down our hydrochloric acid, or through deficiencies of salt or iodine or zinc. So so many people don't have enough HCl to break down proteins or acid-based minerals like calcium and magnesium. We need to supplement accordingly. But taking those aminos is just life-changing. Of all the things I've written about, that's one of the most life-changing in such a short period of time. That, the sulforaphane, taking the baths that we've discussed, the dandelion root tea, the five-day reset that I write about in the book, the Radical Longevity Power Plan, and cooking your foods in certain utensils, which is so important so that you don't just tox retoxify what you've detoxified. What's your favorite cooking type of cooking pan? There's so many things out there these days that seem to be promoting, you know, uh, toxic-free cooking and, you know, not leaching chemicals into your foods. What what type of cookware do you like? I like the waterless cookware that's a high-gauge stainless steel, personally. I know that there's some ceramics out there that are non-stick, that are made with non-leaching materials in this day and time. I like that. But really, if you're going to look for new cooking utensils and uh, pots and pans, it's the waterless cooking. Years ago, there used to be a brand called Royal Prestige. I don't know if it's still out. There's another one called Salad Master. But I'm really in favor of those. It cooks food in its own juices or with a little bit of water. 
you're cooking it beneath the, the levels in which enzymes are destroyed and yet preserving all the vitamins, minerals, and phytochemicals. We overcook foods. Roasting, grilling, broiling, and braising, and browning is exceedingly unhealthy for foods and will make us older before our time. And that's a lesson I learned from Dr. Parcells and has now been corroborated by all the new research on advanced glycation end products. I have a whole chapter on stopping ages and what you have to look for in foods. So grilling, broiling, and roasting, forget about it. The air fryer, throw it out. That's how we're going to grow old, by <laughs> taking foods and destroying their nutritional value. I was going to ask you about the air fryer. Someone told me they just got it and love it. I don't have one, and I don't intend to get one, but it's interesting that you mention that. So what's the best way to cook um, meat? The best way to cook is by poaching. The best way to cook is by steaming. The best way to poach is then pop a load to put it in parchment paper. And the best way to grill, if you're going to grill, is to marinate. If you marinate for at least 24 hours with meat, it actually, I think the studies say six to 24 hours. You neutralize mm -hmm. the advanced glycation end product, so you need kind of an acid in that marinade, maybe some wine, some lemon juice, some lime juice, and put all these antioxidant herbs in there, like rosemary and thyme. That will neutralize the advanced glycation end product from the charring, grilling, and roasting of the meat. But you need to do that before you touch your grill. And then if you're going to use an air fryer, just don't use it every day because anything that's high and dry that doesn't use water will dry out the meat and it really increases the use of the implementation of the advanced glycation end products in your tissues. And of all the aging factors that we know about, the advanced glycation end products are found in more diseases than any other assault. So keeping those low by cooking properly and not eating a lot of animal fats, by, by the way, is really very key. The highest food we know that's high in the advanced glycation end products is the keto-rich bacon. So we don't have bacon in my Radical Longevity program. Neither do we have high-fat cheese. Those are two very advanced glycation end products, rich, rich foods. So you just, just got to have more plant-based proteins, more plant-based fats, more plant-based produce, as most of us know, and that's really what the key is. I'm not against animal foods by any means, but they should be kept at a at a kind of mid medium keel, so to speak, rather than having these high-fat, high-protein diets. They're just not good for the aging process. They may make you thin, but they'll make you old before your time. Well, you know... <laughs> It's um, it's great to get some honest uh, guidance with this because we are so much a fad-based culture, right? So there's all these diets going on from vegan, vegetarian, the keto, the uh, paleo. Uh, you know, it makes your head spin, to be honest. And I, I've, you know, many years ago I studied traditional Chinese medicine, and uh, that model has just resonated with me so much, Anne Louise, and you eat seasonally and you know, you, you eat in moderation. Right? You know, you just pay attention that. and pay attention to your body. Listen. You pay attention to your body and exactly. And if it's warm out you can eat cooling foods like juices and more raw salads. And if it's cold out you need warming foods. It's very simple. So you have to adapt, and one of the key factors for aging properly or aging aging gracefully is the ability to adapt and be resilient. 
so you can't be you can't just have one dietary model in your head you have to really learn to go with the flow your system is changing your ability to digest is changing your needs in terms of exercise are changing and if you look at the seasons you know they're constantly changing so you've got to adapt accordingly i love the chinese method of eating with the seasons and that's also very macrobiotic it's very japanese so i really support and salute all those ancient systems of, of uh, nourishing and nurturing your body. Well, those ancient cultures, whether it's Ayurvedic medicine or traditional Chinese medicine, understood that we are part of nature, and as we go through the changes of the seasons or as we go through um, changes in our own life or we go through stressful times or we're giving birth or whatever the process may be, they have understood how to support and nurture that stage of life and that experience and to rebuild, to regenerate, and to support us for the long term. And uh, it just resonated with me when I started learning all about that model. And it just makes more sense than any other you know, trendy thing that's going on right now. Although there's probably some benefit to working with paleo or keto or vegetarian for a period of time, but um, we can't get stuck in rigid belief systems. That's, I think, the message we're giving. No, I, I so agree. It's change and learning how to change gracefully and changing with the new newest research that's out and knowing that as we get older, more plant-based diets seem to be seems to be more important for another reason, Cheryl, that I uncover in Radical Longevity. And that is, as we grow older, we start to stockpile certain minerals. One of them is copper, the other is iron. And one of the highest sources of iron will come from your meat products, from, from beef, for example, or lamb. So reducing that intake of the beef or lamb, of the easily absorbable heme iron, will lessen your intake of iron, which is so critically found in diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and ALS. So if we want to grow older with all of our faculties, we've got to lessen the iron load by giving blood once a year, perhaps even more if it's a little higher in your system by taking a ferritin test is how you can, you can kind of gear and gauge that. And you're going to want to then take some iron-blocking iron supplements as well as iron-blocking foods in your diet. And that's where a little bit of yogurt can come into play. That's where a little bit of coffee, some organic, mold-free coffee with your meals would be very important. So iron is a, is a misbehaving mineral. It can be very important as we grow older into our 40s and 50s. When we stop menstruating as women, we don't need the iron anymore and we're stockpiling it and then start to accommodate ourselves and start to reach the level of heart disease that many men have, and that's because we're stockpiling the iron. So getting rid of iron with a blood test, with a blood donation perhaps to the blood bank once, twice a year, three times a year if it's actually high in your system, I think is exceedingly important. I don't want to leave our interview and not talk about iron, which is a hidden killer. It's like a ticking time bomb in many people's bodies. Um, so the high ferritin levels will indicate that you have too much iron. Is that is that it's one a, of the markers? That's, that's the most important marker. It's a, it's, it shows where the, the, the that the iron has been stockpiled. It's 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 stockpiled in your system. You don't want to go over the number a hundred. 
theoretically in the book I talk about 50 to 70 on your blood tests because we find that all of the civilizations and all of the aging populations that don't grow old before their time have very low iron. The blue zones have very low iron. The Mediterranean populations that have the healthiest and longest lived lifespan of any group under the sun at this point in time, according to the latest research, have very low iron in their bloods. So yes, iron and low growth hormone was another factor as well that we're now finding. So we're learning a lot about the use of meat in the diet. As you get older, you don't need as much meat because of the iron factor. Or if you're going to take it, drink a little wine, which will block the iron. A little wine, a little coffee, a little herbal tea, and you'll be fine. Well, I think that's good news to people. <laughs> I'd love to hear that. Um, you know, uh, let's talk a little bit about what you have learned and written about in your Radical Longevity book about skin and keeping the skin youthful and glowing and healthy. Well, what I've learned about the skin is you don't want to put sunscreen on your skin. It's full of toxic metals that can really encourage skin cancer. That's number one. There's a lot of good research to suggest that what I'm saying is 100% true. So what we want is an internal sunscreen, whether that's astaxanthin or the sulforaphane, activated sulforaphane from broccoli seeds that we've been talking about. The most important fat for the beautiful skin is not from the omega-3s, from the omega-9s or the omega-7s, it's from the omega-6s. So that's why I talk a lot about hemp seed oil in the book, sesame seed oil, safflower seed oil, as well as pine nut oil. They're all high sources of omega-6. So if you've got issues with eczema or psoriasis, think six. Six will give you sexy skin, shiny skin, shiny hair, strong nails, and it will give you a glow that you can't get with anything else. So omega-6 to the rescue. And omega-6 has been demonized unfairly because the information out there about essential oils is, is completely, completely incorrect. You don't want to have altered or oxidized fats in the diet, but you do want healthy omega-6s, which you can get with raw or cold processed hemp seed oil. It's probably the very best source. Can you get it in Australia? Yeah, yeah. There's lots of... Uh products that are available from hemp right now. It's become really popular. So, yes, hemp seed oil. But that's so interesting, Anne Louise. I have to say that uh, that uh, omega-6s have been demonized. So we've been told that the ratio is way too high in relationship to omega-3s. And to, you know, maybe that's because a lot of the omega-6s are rancid and they're bad oils. You know, they're not, they're not uh, cold-pressed or they're not organic and they're just been, you know, sanitized and therefore more rancid. So, uh, so that's interesting. So use those. I mean, I think sesame seed oil is one of the best tasting oils I've come across. Especially, can you do the the toasted sesame seed oil, the roasted one? Is that okay? Well, you don't want to, you don't want to do that. That's high uh, advanced glycation end products. That's high ages. But you can do the the real stuff. You can do the untoasted, the okay. untoasted. You know, on, okay. on occasion, of course, you'll use a little toasted. But the reality is, yeah. you need a ratio of four to one in favor of omega six. So what what we've been demonizing, you know, that nobody's gotten the oil story correct. So the reality no. is. But any, any kind of oil that's a polyunsaturated oil, whether it's omega-3 or omega-6, if it is heated, if it is exposed to air, light, and too many chemicals, is going to become unusable, biologically impotent for the body. So you want the raw, the cold-pressed, the natural sources, 
and you can get those in the hemp seeds, the hemp seed oil. The pine nut oil, which is so good for GERD and leaky gut syndrome and problems with ulcers and so forth, it'll heal your gut from the inside out. You want those kind of oils because the omega-6 is synonymous with beautiful, sexy skin. Think skin, think sex, think, think omega-6. Well, that to me is a radical, <laughs> that's a radical statement from your radical longevity because that, you know, that's contrary to what so many people are saying uh, in regards to omega-6s. So, uh, you know, that's you know, profound information. How do we get it so wrong around our fats, Anne-Louise? What, because that what because happened it's, it's, that... Because the purveyors of information just rehash what everybody says out there. There's very little critical thinking. So they're rehashing the wrong information. What I learned many years ago, I learned from a master. She died at the age of 106 as we kind of make this full round here and circle back to Dr. Parcells. I learned how important plant seed oils were for the mitochondria. I learned how important they were for the skin. I learned how important they were for the hair and the nails, and for the sex hormone. So when I said six is sex and skin, I'm not kidding. There's a, there's a profound connection. You just have to have the right oils that are unaltered and unheated. That's really what the key is, and that's where they get it wrong. The commercial oils that are heated from the, the canola oils that are out there to the corn oil to the soybean oil are high in omega-6, but, it doesn't, but it's not because they're high in omega-6 that make them bad. It's because they're altered and heated and chemicalized. Right, that's how they've been processed, and then said to us, and 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 you know, and the foods we eat, especially if we go out to eat, that's where we're most vulnerable, I would imagine. Yes, that's where we're most because everybody's using canola oil, and if they're not using the olive oil, is now cut with canola oil. Avocado oil, a high monounsaturated, is also cut with canola oil, so you never know what you're getting. So I bring my own oil. When I visit a restaurant that I visit consistently, I'm always bringing my own oil, and it's 100% virgin olive oil. Yeah, yeah, that's great. You know, when I look into things like peanut butter or, you know, want to get some pestos, um, you look at the ingredients, and they're all made with canola oil, cut with canola oil, other oh, they're all bad food. oil. And yeah. it's a GMO product, so we, we want to get rid of that as much as we can. So you do the best you can, and that's why everybody should be picking up radical longevity because it's radical, and you need a, we need a bold new view of aging. You know, we're the baby boomer generation. We've, we've changed menopause. We've changed um, menopause. We've changed perimenopause, beyond menopause, and now we're going into radical longevity. And if we don't make the changes and kind of light, light the way, I think people will not know what to do and, and how to eat from, from here on in. So I thought it was so important to kind of get the age-old wisdom that I've been exposed to and kind of recast it in a modern way and support everything that I'm saying with all the clinical studies that I do in the book. So I think, I don't know if we've given you, do you have the entire book, Cheryl? I, I do, I do. I know you've recipes in that book, and you've got all sorts of resources and strategies. You've went through the entire book, and you've, um, you know, you've recapped information that you've been passionate about and have been, you know, wanting to get out there into the world, and you've framed it into a strategy to have radical rejuvenation or radical longevity. And I, 
I think this is so important. I think, you know, you, you always create information that is usable, that is simple, uh, you know, strategies that are proven and effective. So you give people a roadmap and they can just take one little piece of it. I mean, just take one of those baths and that's starting the journey. But the point is, you can get younger and healthier. You have to understand that all your chronic illnesses are symptoms of poor health and poor choices or impacts from, you know, medications we've had, whatever. And we have to get educated. And we have to have the belief that our body has the wisdom and the intelligence to heal, rejuvenate, regenerate at any age. And I'll just tell you one quick story, Emily's. My mother, who... Um, uh, had a um, she had a uh, a blood clot and what happened was it uh, caused necrosis of the tissue and the tissue of her calf totally died and when it sloughed off there was just muscle and tendon exposed so they're now they're she's in her 90s and they're talking about um, amputation which you can imagine my mother was beside herself oh. horrified so. Um, Nothing was working what they were doing. It kept it's an exposed wound and it kept getting infected and she had more antibiotics and of course it, it, it didn't really it, it it was just causing more health decline. So I, I was able to step in and I had just come back from uh here in Australia and I brought with me an ozone generator, a small portable ozone generator, and I got permission to use that ozone and bagging it. So you you make the gas and you bag it and you expose the entire leg to the ozone gas. And I did that for years. And she progressed in growing more skin back. By the time she passed two years ago, that wound was just about totally healed. They've never seen anything like that. And when we started doing that, she had no more infections at all. So we have strategies. And one of the other things that even a doctor or a plastic surgeon recommended was the use of Manuka honey on that wound yeah, to keep it clean. So we we did Manuka honey, we did silver, and we did ozone. And she healed, regenerated that wound, that open flesh wound. So At the age of 90. In her 90s. And she, when she passed at 95, that wound was just about gone, healed over, healed over with new skin at 95. Wonderful. Because ozone so we need inspiration. Our, we need inspiration. We need a, we need guiding lights like the inspiration that you just provided us and what I've what I write about in the book. Because ozone is the cure, the time for God, the cure, the time for God. I'm a big believer in prolozone therapy as well the PRP, the natural stem cells, and all those next-level therapies are discussed in Radical Longevity. So we talk about the easy things you can do from changing your diet to having more hemp seed oil to taking a salt and soda bath to maybe some ozone therapy. So whatever stage you're ready to embrace, that's where Radical Longevity will take you. Well, you've given us so much valuable information, Anne Louise, I, as always, and I just really want to thank you. And I want to thank you for all the hard work that I know you put in to bring this book into fruition. It's you know, it's a tremendous amount of time, energy, research to to, to create something that's so comprehensive. So I want you to know that um, 
for, for all of us, so all my listeners, for your community, we're so grateful to you for that um, commitment you have to us to support us in our health and rejuvenation at every stage of life. So thank you for all that you do. So Radical Longevity, uh, everyone needs to pick up a copy. It's got all the answers, practical solutions. And where would be the best place for people to go? I think the best bet is Amazon. Okay. So people can order it off of Amazon and uh, get your copy. And uh, can and either begin or continue the journey of getting younger and healthier from now on in. <laughs> that's that's your mantra: getting younger and healthier. And the ways we're just about at the end. Is there anything that you just want to end our conversation with? Well, I think we can all live to the age of 120, but we want to do it with grace. We want to do it with guts. We want to do it with passion. We want to do it with purpose. And I think between you and I, we'll get people there, Cheryl. So I want to thank you for all the wonderful work that you're doing and for shining a light to all of us down under and up under. So thank you so much. (laughs) Well, thank you, and uh, appreciate everything you do, Anne-Louise. So, um, Oh, gosh, you've come to the end. Wow, that was a fast hour. And I uh, hope you all have enjoyed our, my conversation with um, Anne-Louise Gittleman and her wonderful, inspiring new book, a, a, really a roadmap to radical longevity. So until next time and next week, we'll see you back here. And until then, may you honor the wisdom of your feminine self. Bye for now.